Hey everyone, welcome to the Gals Chat Podcast. This is your co-host Amy. And this is your co-host Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Tiffany Jansen, who is going to talk to us about breaking stereotypes and possibilities in tech. Tiffany is a software developer and technical consultant at IBM in Toronto. Prior to breaking into the tech industry, she was in the fashion industry. From modeling in Hong Kong to studying fashion in Vancouver, she never even thought of the possibilities that tech had to offer. When she first learned how to code while in university, things changed and she instantly fell in love with it and carved her own path into the tech industry. Welcome, Tiffany. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you both for having me on. I'm looking forward to chatting with you both. Yes, we're so excited to have you on. <laughs> Love your account. Yay. Honestly, you inspired me to learn how to code, in all honesty. I was so fearful of coding all of college. Um, I went for a different type of engineering, but after finding like your account and uh, all other different uh, content creators through social media, and you put out amazing content. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so your journey is so unique. Like you started out in the fashion industry, you've been modeling. So can you tell us a little bit how, like, how did you first, like, get into technology and really, like, what made you want to pivot your career path from modeling to tech? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, when I first graduated, going back to high school, when I first graduated from high school, I always knew I wanted to do something that was very um, forever changing, constantly learning, growing, problem solving. But during my education in high school, I was never, there was never any computer science courses that were required, or I don't even know if any type of computer lab courses were required. I came from a very small town and it just wasn't uh, really required. So in turn, I spent a lot of my time and uh, interest growing in fashion. And so I naturally just thought, okay, this is what I, you know, should do after high school and ended up going to fashion school in Vancouver, which was, it was really great experience, but I always felt that something was missing, um, that it was, you know, I really enjoyed the fashion industry, but I didn't know if it was something I wanted to make a career into. So then when I had the opportunity to kind of pivot a bit and go over to Hong Kong to do some modeling, I thought, okay, this is a great opportunity to, you know, see more of the world, meet more people and and explore. And from there afterwards, I, I had this feeling of I needed some more formal education. I just didn't really know what that looked like or what that entailed. And at that point, I still had no... Uh, really idea about technology or coding because I was never exposed to it. So in my last year of university, when it was required to take a very basic coding course, that's when I really discovered coding. And I thought, this is amazing uh, being able to, you know, use your problem solving and logic side of things, but then also to uh, the creativity that can be involved, even in uh, the different ways there are to solve problems. You have to be so creative, essentially, to to find different solutions. So from there, I just kind of, I grabbed onto it and, and ran with it because I was so excited about, about the possibilities it had to offer. I love that. Yeah, I think I could definitely relate with taking that first coding class and then all of a sudden realizing that it's something that 
is really it's a really unique and creative way to tackle problems you know mm-hmm. so then after you took that class you pretty much were like okay this is what i want to do like how long did it take you to really transition and be like okay i'm going to change my um my education because i think you ended up transitioning into uh graphic communications management and with a major in bachelors of technology yeah yeah that is correct yeah so that was actually that was when it was when i was taking that degree that that's when it was required to take that basic coding course so from when i graduated uh university i and discussed the same time i kind of was figuring out coding it was a really weird and scary time for me because I just was finishing and just graduated my, you know, with my degree and the thought of going back to school for computer science for another degree after just spending four years getting this degree, it didn't seem like it was the best option for me at the time. Otherwise, I would have completely, if I would have known about coding and and that that was the way I wanted to go, it would have been a different story. But because of that, I decided to go to a coding boot camp here in Toronto. And at the time, the coding boot camp was, it was coding boot camps weren't as popular, I think, as they are now. And they were more um, smaller and it was really hands on and it was a really positive experience. And uh, after I graduated the coding boot camp, I just networked and met as many people as possible in the industry because leading up to that, I always thought it was going to be fashion still. So I never, I didn't have any contacts in the tech industry. So it was definitely, um, it was not a smooth transition. It was a, it was a very scary one for me. And, um, but I'm just, I look back and I'm so happy I stuck with it. That's really cool. So, um, when did you hear about, uh, the boot camps because you were mentioning that they weren't as popular when you started. So did someone recommend it to you or was it through your own research? You know, that's a great question. I I honestly am not sure. I, I've never gotten asked that question. I can't even <laughs> recall. What was it? <laughs> I think it was, you know what it was? I think I started looking into post-grad programs that taught coding. And mm. I believe that is how I came across coding boot camps was just looking into, okay, well, what are some post-grad programs? But at the time, so many that involved learning how to code, um, or sorry, post-grad programs, they already required you to have those coding skills, um, more of the technical ones, mm-hmm. or there wasn't anything for beginners um, at a post-grad level. So hence the the coding boot camp route. I just keep seeing more boot camps and like self-taught people advertising for different ways to mm-hmm getting to tech or learning how to code. So what are some of the different paths that people can take to get into the tech industry from your experience? Yeah, I think, you know, there are so many different paths and that's the really exciting thing about tech and why I love it so much. And, and um, you know, is because you can work with people that come from all different experiences in life and in careers and age groups um, and, and diversity because there isn't necessarily just one way to get into the industry, you know, from self-learning to coding boot camps to uh, actually getting your degree in a technical profession. There isn't just one right way anymore. And, you know, I work with some amazing people who come from all different kind of uh, educational backgrounds. And um, I really think that that is something maybe to us, we we take for granted in the sense that we, we recognize that, but for people who aren't in, um, STEM fields or the tech industry, I don't think they realize that you don't have to have a 
you know, for coding specifically or technology, you don't have to come from a computer science background. You can come from all different uh, paths. Yeah. yeah, and I think that you showcasing that online as well is like really helpful. Did you ever continue modeling after you ended up getting into coding or did you completely stop that after you found uh, your career path in tech? You know, I did both for a while. Well, I did. I continued to model while I was in university in Toronto here. The market is quite smaller compared to, you know, go where I was on an international, you know, in Hong Kong, where it's, you can work every day doing that, or, you know, in major cities such as New York or LA. Um, So I did it part-time while I was in Toronto uh, going to university. But then when I graduated, I just felt like it was a chapter I was ready to kind of close and, and put my focus elsewhere. But I, you know, you definitely can do both and, and you have many different interests. I just, it was coming to an end for me kind of at the same time that I was getting into the tech industry. That's a great observation. So wait, just backtracking to, so you were doing the modeling in Hong Kong while going to school or was it before um, college or was it like in between like post-grad and your boot camp? Before, oh, before college. I went modeling Hong Kong, then uh, college uh, for graphic communications management and then coding boot camp. Gotcha. <laughs> How did you market yourself after um, attending a boot camp? Because I think that is some of the responses or feedback that I've heard from other people who have not like gotten an, like an actual college degree in, let's say, software engineering. So what is some career advice that you would give to people or that helped you transition from a non-technical, let's say, background to like sell yourself as a technical person? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, my, my number one thing that helped me and, you know, I know this might sound cliche or people always say this, but honestly, networking was huge for me. Uh, you know, this was, um, at the time, I would just reach out to my first, someone who's a really close mentor to me now, I actually reached out to on LinkedIn. I did not know her prior, but she at the time worked at, um, she was working at Shopify and she was a senior developer there and um, kind of specially specializing in the cloud and some other areas. And I really admired her career path and she, you know, was on social media as well. So I just reached out to her and asked to buy her coffee at her convenience in a location that was close to her. And um, from there, it's, it's almost a trickle effect. Once you start networking and meeting one individual and connecting, and then they know someone who knows someone, and it's a trickle effect. So my biggest advice for anyone coming from a non-technical background and doesn't necessarily have the experience is to find that community, to really reach out and network with people as much as possible, uh, because you'll find a lot of opportunities through that. And my other my other piece of advice would be, even if you don't come from, uh, you don't have experience in the industry, the tech industry that you're getting into, the experience you have leading up to that, I think people often forget on how much that can help them, whether it be soft skills, communication, teamwork. And you really need to highlight that as well. You need to be your own biggest, you need to believe in yourself uh, even when no one else will, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's amazing advice. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I think networking can pretty much bring forth opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise. So I think that's a really good tip and advice for everyone that's, you know, 
looking to get into the tech industry or is already there. What are some resources that you utilize that really help advance your career in the tech industry? I think nowadays there are so many great different platforms online that are free that you can utilize if you want to specialize in a specific area or, um, you know, even just if you're learning the basics. But for myself, when I am uh, looking to advance my career or maybe get into a specialized area at work, um, I honestly just, you know, through different kind of platforms, I use Udemy a lot if I'm just like trying to find out Uh, Before I get into maybe a certification or kind of want to explore something, maybe I'll take a course on there. Uh, YouTube even, um, just honestly Googling what I am interested in. And um, there are, yeah, there are just so many resources nowadays. And that's a good thing, but also I recognize that also can be a negative thing in the sense that you really have to weed out the good from the bad resources. Um, And what really helps me do that is, you know, A, seeing the feedback on the course, the ratings on the course, and also to, if you have, going back to networking, if you have that mentor or if you have other others in your industry that you can ask, I always ask um, someone, a mentor of mine at my work, I always ask, this is the course I was thinking of taking, what do you think of it? You know, And they might say, you know what, that course doesn't look good, take this one instead, or actually that is really good. Um, so just getting feedback on different courses too. Definitely, so get feedback. Yeah. Do you feel like you're always learning? I feel like that's something that I definitely see in engineers. It's like you're constantly taking more courses or there's always more to learn, which is one, I think one of my favorite parts about engineering and Mm -hmm. also seeing software developers is there's always a skill that you can improve on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, you know, it's, you're constantly learning and, and I, I always have to be careful and I, I'd be curious to hear about, about you both too, because you know, especially for your career and uh, looking ahead, I'm always like, okay, I want to take this course and learn this and specialize in this. And because there's so much to learn and which is amazing because you can be a forever learner, but I also need to sometimes check myself and be like, hey, Tiff, you know, you already have enough on your plate. You don't need to learn, take another course this week or, you know, get another certification and just finding that balance too, I think is uh, important. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, because like you get all excited and you want to do all these things. But I agree. I think having that balance and figuring out like a good like game plan to, you know, still do the things, but not all at once. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, for me personally. Yeah, for the both of you as well with um, having, you know, side hustles such as this podcast, for example, it's also finding the balance of uh, the time for things like this as well. Yeah, it takes a lot of like time management and just energy balance because you want to make sure like you don't burn out. Um, but going back mm-hmm. to the courses, I will admit that definitely after graduating college, um, there was a there was this time period like after I adapted to my full time job, and then I guess also around the time maybe like a few months before COVID hit, where I was like, okay, what comes next, or like what do I do now? That's also when the podcast kind of started. And when I started getting more involved in like personal projects, but that's also when I discovered like Udemy and Coursera and like all the courses that they offer. And I I got to a point where I was like, I'm learning way, I'm trying to learn way too much in like a, a short amount of time. So I will confirm uh, what you mentioned before that like, hey, sometimes we have too much on our plate. And I love learning. And as much as I love learning, it's important to like pace yourself 
and prioritize what do you actually need to learn or what's actually going to help you to get to your next goal and then pick a course from there. Mm-hmm. Totally. And actually, you know, speaking of taking courses, I, a question for you. When you are taking courses, uh, for both of you, when you're taking these courses and, you know, you're learning something new, is it always for uh, career progression and growth? Or is it sometimes, you know, for curiosity of an area? Or what is what is the main reason typically that you, you learn something with these courses? I would say for me... Um... It would be like an a for a progression um, in a certain area, maybe not specifically like at work. So I work in the aerospace industry and like more specifically with composite development. And in these platforms such as uh, like Coursera Udemy, there isn't much of that. I haven't seen much of that yet. However, um, like once I started more with like the social media world or like blogging and um, I like I when I my interest for um, software development started peaking those were the courses that I'm like oh my god this is what I want to do I actually took another one on like investing um, and another one on like real estate but it's also kind of related to things that I want or goals that I have for the future that I think mm-hmm. I want to start exploring now so that's where I find um, those type of courses and Udemy has been absolutely great to find that kind of initial information. Mm-hmm. How about you, Amy? Um, for me, I think it's a, a lot to do with like my interest, but also career g- growth. So right now, as I am applying to jobs, I'm looking at things that could help me in my career, like even in project management. Uh, I know there's like courses for that on uh, Coursera that you had sent me, Laura. But just, you know, I think... Initially, when I start to look at it, it's like, okay, yeah, this would be great for my career growth. But I think it always feels good to know that whatever you do take a course and it's something that you you really like and would enjoy um, at the same time. <laughs> I don't know if you feel that way, Tiff, yourself. Like, do you do it mostly for career growth or is it like if you just have like an interest in like a coding class or something? Yeah, I would I would echo with what both of you are saying. It's definitely a mix of both. Um, I try sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, I, I try to structure my career growth in with my interests. But obviously, there's a lot of interest outside of uh, that as well. You know, as Laura mentioned, with I think that's such a great idea to take a course on investing or real estate or any kind of interest uh, like that. I never even thought to take a course on Udemy. Um, <laughs> Other than I've just been so, to me, I'm always doing so like technical much. courses. Like, that's amazing. That's a really great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think like as echoing what you both said, just a, a mixture of both. So what does your day-to-day look like? Are you still working from home? Is it all remote work or do you go into the office? Because I know with like software development, you do have a little bit more flexibility on where you can work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I okay, so I started at IBM last March, um, and I had two weeks of training, which was in office, and then the first day I was supposed to go into office to actually start working is when everything got shut down here in Toronto, um, and I started working from home. So I've been working at home now for over a year. Um, eventually. We'll go back to office, but it will be a mixture of both. So um, I'm hoping 
to go into office about two days a week. So right now it's fully from home. I do have a friend that owns a co-working space space that I, I utilize once in a blue moon just to get out of the house. Um, but eventually it will be back in office uh, maybe two days a week, I'm guessing, for myself. Are you both in office right now? or? Yeah, I'm kind of hybrid. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm in the office like two times a week and then three times a week I work from home. Nice. Mm-hmm. And is that how it's going to stay, do you think? or? I don't know. Um, it's definitely something that I we haven't discussed in our group yet or I haven't really heard much uh, pressure to go back to the office. I think everyone um, in our group, I don't know, we have a, I think I have a pretty like kind of cool laid back group. So I think as long as you're getting your work done or you need to go into the office to do your work, um, it's okay if like some days you work from home. Nice. That's great. Yeah. And for me right now, the jobs that I'm looking at, uh, they're pretty much asking me to come into the office a few times a week. It's different like job to job, but for water resources engineering, um, a lot of it is like on-site inspection and it does help to go onto the site here and there throughout the month. So I'm pretty sure uh, it'll be like hybrid. And then after the restrictions completely lift, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll want us back into the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving to your other, I guess, job or side hustle, I think you have grown your platform a lot, so I would call it a job. Do you want to talk about what motivated you to start sharing content online? You have a, a YouTube channel, uh, you're on Instagram and, and TikTok. What motivated you to get all of this started? Yeah, so when I started uh... – the when I first started Tiffin Tech, the reason I started it was going back to actually what we spoke about uh, with taking courses online. So it was during the time I was first learning how to code. So I was just finishing up my boot camp, just getting in my first role, and I was taking courses like crazy. Um, and I noticed right away that taking courses online, whether it be Udemy, YouTube, or essentially any platform. Uh, that I've come across anyways, it was always taught by um, men. It was, it was always, I never, you never see the individual obviously, but you can hear the voice and it's um, a man's voice, which, you know, is, is fine. Um, But I just thought that's really interesting why there aren't more courses taught by uh, women or why, why aren't they getting into this? So when I initially started Tiffin Tech, I, I had planned on doing uh, coding tutorials on YouTube. And if you go back to my first YouTube video, my first one or two YouTube videos, it's a React tutorial where um, I'm going through um, how to build a to-do list with React. Um, I'm sure it's outdated now because it was a few years ago, but uh, that was my first kind of what I was hoping the platform would become was more of a actually teaching people how to code. Uh, However, very quickly I realized that to make courses online is extremely time consuming um, and you have to ensure you're teaching it in the best way possible. And you know what you're teaching today, especially in software development, it's probably going to be outdated um, within you know a few months, at least to some degree with different libraries and frameworks. So I pivoted from my original plan of teaching people how to code specifically 
to more so inspiring people to break into the tech industry, whether it be coding or otherwise, um, and kind of went that way because um, when I was getting into it, I felt very alone at times and isolated, and I wish I would have had a community, uh, and that's mainly the reason why I, I started Tiffin Tech. That's pretty cool. I think I will agree with you. Courses, creating courses sounds and looks very time consuming, but I think you're still doing a pretty awesome job or just like at advertising or just ad- advocating. Yeah, advocating to learning how to code. And I think you also teach the concepts pretty well. I think I recently saw one of your, uh, I think it was a reel on APIs and that was honestly so well explained or just like the analogy that <clears throat> the analogy that you use uh, was pretty good so I think you would do uh, a great job oh, at teaching you. courses if you end up taking going back to that route again thank you well it's it's um it's a medium-term goal I would say not long-term but medium-term goal but it's um that's more to come in the the future uh, <laughs> the courses but yeah. I, I think it's <laughs> but yeah <laughs> We actually got a question from the audience. They were asking, how do you get started with an Instagram tech page like yours? Um, Do you have any tips for consistency or growth or advice for your growing an Instagram page like yours? Oh, growing on Instagram. It is a challenge. It's, it's the algorithms always changing and and everything's changing. Um, For me, what I have found that really sticks is being very consistent Um, and, uh, you know, I try and post at the same time every day where it's kind of peak hours for me. Um, so more so comes down to with being consistent, uh, being prepared, especially, you know, when you have a full-time job, you can't be making content necessarily on the fly. So a lot of content, um, you know, I reuse from TikTok to IG reels, or I have a photographer that I work with, um, and, uh, you know, having that content already pre-made, uh, really helps. And then to, um, sometimes just like not, not overthinking things and just kind of sharing a random, uh, piece of content that you think, whether it brings, you know, uh, value in the way of inspiring educational or just bringing a smile to someone's face. Um, but consistency I have found is really the key. I wish there was more insight I could add otherwise, but um, you know, and if, and if anyone else has any further insight, please let me know. But just being consistent has been my my biggest thing. Okay, cool. So like posting consistently, and yeah, I noticed that you do post every day, mm-hmm. so I think that definitely makes a difference. So, do you use like um, like a content planning schedule where you write everything out beforehand? I don't. What I do. I do, what I do is, and it's probably not the most organized, I should probably use that, but what I do is for the days coming up, I'll have some uh, posts saved in my drafts. Like, you know how you can have drafts in um, Mm -hmm. Instagram? So I'll have a few posts planned uh, there. And then for the weekend, um, I almost always have both my Saturday and Sunday content uh, planned out ahead of time. Um, So I can post, but not actually be on my phone as much um, and, you know, enjoy life on the weekend. Um, But yeah, so I don't have a content planner, uh, but I uh, just use drafts and Instagram. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. You got to be efficient with it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You know, it's, do you both, do you use a content planner or just kind of I would whenever? say a uh, content planner. I do have, I just keep like a notebook of like ideas that flow in my head, like at random moments and then have like you said, like a, a batch content. What do they call it? Like a batch creation day. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. I think that I, I thought that was a term for it. But yeah, creating batch content in, in one day or editing in like one day and trying to not drag it. Yeah. I don't use a content planner either. I kind of just use, I put some ideas on Excel that I want to share. And then I take a bunch of pictures, kind of like similar to you, Laura, where I like batch shoot sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll have like a bunch of different photos to post like here and there. And then I'll just coordinate that with what I feel like sharing throughout the week. Yeah. So going back to being a woman in tech and in the social media space, have you faced any challenges the past few years throughout your journey? Um, and how did you overcome them? Yeah, specifically in the social media space, you know, there's always there's always different individuals that come up um, and um, you know for example it was last week I think I got a comment on on a post and it was from someone uh, a random user and and they said you know um, can you really code or are you just a are you just a model or something like kind of, something very offensive like that I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, and 99% of the time, I just delete anything like that that comes up. So I'm just like, you know, I, I block them right away and then just move on with my day. Don't think twice about it. But for, you know, I, I wrote back and I was like, why do I have to be one or the other? Like, why, what does your appearance have anything to do with your career or your intelligence or your interests? Like, it just blew. It's so, you know, it's 2021 and this is still, you know, so common, unfortunately. Um you know, I was having an interesting conversation with uh, a YouTuber um, who teaches data science, um, and he's he's quite big on YouTube. He has um, he's almost at two hundred thousand subscribers, and there's a very close friend of his who does the same type of content, data science content, and she is um, a similar number in subscribers and all of that. And he said, "You Tiff, you should do an A/B test with." Uh, you know, our videos and the comments that are left behind on them, you know, we can make two similar videos, but her comments, she will get so much more of, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and I won't go on about them, but very negative comments versus him, he'll get all these positive and the videos are pretty much the exact same. Um, So to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting to navigate it. But for me, the best solution is I just, just block you know, I don't need that in my life. I don't have time for that. Just block them. Yeah. Yeah. The block feature is like one of my favorite features. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so unfortunate that that still happens. But sadly, like that's the reality. It's a male dominated industry, even though there's still so many amazing women doing great things in the in that field. Um it's unfortunate. I see a lot of those types of comments on TikTok. So anytime I talk about engineering on TikTok, there's always um, other engineers, always male, who like to 
tell me I'm wrong. I don't know how to do math and mansplain ABCs of engineering. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, no one asked you, sir. Right. <laughs> the thing is, like, I bet most of these like people who like comment aren't even like engineers. <laughs> and they just like, I know. yes, I, I'm 100% sure that most of them aren't probably even in the industry. I know it's it's like to 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 take the time like when you really think about it to take the time to write a negative or mean comment on someone's you know TikTok or Instagram like what do you have to have going on in your life like that you you choose to spend your time writing negative comments like it blows my mind yeah I I know you literally have to stop and think about what negative thing you have to say to respond to the video that other people post like it, it's it's dumb and honestly like there's a block button for a reason so to like us or anyone else listening don't be afraid to use the the block button because exactly. it's, it's not worth it it's really not worth the energy <laughs> yeah most of them don't even like fact check or anything it's just comment to comment you know <laughs> just totally. to comment yeah so yeah, we can totally relate with that. But what are some things that you like to do on your free time that aren't like tech related? And, you know, what are some of your hobbies? You know what, actually, Amy, I saw you just posted about, um, so I'm, I'm just getting into golfing, actually. And Amy, I saw oh you my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Tell me more about it. I, I actually just have been golfing twice now. And I freaking love it. Okay, do you? Okay, so I, I just got my clubs um, last week. So we're going out this weekend is going to be my first time. And we're just going to start by going to um, my my partner, my boyfriend. He is a, he loves golf. Um, but we're going to start by, he's going to start by taking me to uh, the range and just doing, you know, getting used to that and then getting, you know, uh, maybe some lessons and see how it goes. But uh, so that's kind of one, one new hobby I am uh, in, looking forward to picking up and seeing how it goes but I'm glad to hear you're really liking it <laughs> yeah let me know how you end up liking it yeah yeah I, I definitely will I'm gonna have to give that a try yes you should I haven't, I haven't so been fun. golfing I haven't been golfing before to be honest I feel like I'm always trying Too different long. things and golfing hasn't been one of them but you know what maybe this summer <laughs> This summer is, is the year of golf. The summer of golf. So. Yeah, yes. girls go golfing. <laughs> it's yes, so chill. It. It's such a chill sport, and I think that's why I like it. Right, and then I think too, you know, because I've I've um I've like done when I say I've done golfing or I like golfed before, it was very uh, just for fun kind of thing. But one thing it always does is you know you go out with a few friends you put your phone away for a few hours and it's just your outdoors and it's so peaceful. It's just, it's a great atmosphere. I agree. Yeah, definitely. And you're out in nature. Like you said, you're outdoors and just trying something new is also really fun too. Exactly. Yes, definitely. Last summer for me, it was tennis. I was trying out and this summer will be golf. So we'll see. Oh, nice. Cool. My, okay. So this is going to sound crazy, but my sister is, she played tennis in high school and she ended up being really good at golf. And I was like, I wonder if it's like correlated because it's also like you're using your arms and swinging, you know, in a similar yeah. way, not exactly the same. But she's always kicking my ass in golf. 
So, hey, you might be really good at it. <laughs> well, listen, Amy, I wasn't that good at tennis, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh so we'll God. see. I'll, I'll yeah. let you know if your theory is right. Okay. But, yeah, no, otherwise, you know, spending time with uh, family, friends, um, on the weekends now that it's nice outside, just being outside as much as possible. Um, and once things uh, open up here in Canada more, like restaurants haven't been open since – Oh gosh, I think um, for in Toronto they haven't been open since I think October last year. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. So it's you know it's been really challenging with with uh, that of course, but they're supposed to open up this weekend. So just I, I'm a huge foodie, so you know eating at every place possible and just being outdoors. Yeah, and the food in Toronto is really good. I, I visited Toronto for like a week, and it was like one of my favorite cities. <laughs> oh really? Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I, I the food really had me, and I really like how you can kind of walk everywhere too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is nice in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In, in the summer. <laughs> so, Tiff, what advice would you give to your younger self? Advice I would give to my younger self uh, would probably be the advice I still try and give to myself today, which is to be kind to myself and, and uh, speak to myself like I speak to my friends. I find a lot of times, especially when I was younger, I would put so much pressure on myself and, you know, if I didn't achieve this by a certain age or certain point in my life, I'd be really hard on myself. And so if I was to give any advice, it would just be be kind and patient. You know, things will happen when they're meant to, not just necessarily overnight. And also to be open to exploring different opportunities that come your way, even if they aren't necessarily on the path you are on, you are taking right now. But just exploring um, whatever comes your way, because you never know you might you might like it. That's amazing advice, and that's something definitely that I also try to implement or remind myself of. Like it's it's not a race, or it's it's okay. You can slow down. Be kind to yourself. Be nice to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so funny the way. You know, so I'm 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 way better at it now. But it took a while, like, for me to recognize the way I was speaking to myself and being so hard on myself. Like, oh my goodness, Tiff, why didn't you get achieve this? Or you should have stayed up later to, you know, finish that course or whatever the reason was. Are things that I would ne I would never speak to my loved ones, like my friends or family, that way. So why would you? I speak to myself that way. Right. Yeah, it's so important to be kind to ourselves the most. Mm -hmm. And that self, like your inner dialogue, your inner monologue with yourself is so important. And I, I could definitely relate with that. Like I've noticed that when I started focusing on or even just listening to what I was saying to myself, I realized I was like, wow, I'm, I could definitely do better. And, you know, slowly changing that over time made a big difference in like relieving like the stress and the pressure, like you mentioned, Tiffany, and then also like boosting my self-love and confidence like on the inside mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely yeah so uh do you have any plans for the future or anything that our listeners can look out for in the future oh um in the near future nothing nothing too new coming down the coming down but um you know going back to courses that is something that i get asked a lot about and uh will be coming but it's not necessarily the you know next six months or so but um those will be coming eventually just on a i'm hoping on a bigger scale like bringing on some 
you know, professional teachers and different things like that um, and making it a different platform. But uh, for the immediate future, just continuing to encourage and support others in their journeys. And golfing. You can catch her golfing this summer. And golfing. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So before we wrap up, um, do you want to tell our listeners how they can connect with you and where where can they find you? Yes, for sure. So you can find me on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, all at Tip in Tech. And um, you know, I think my email is listed there. I respond way better to emails if you have any questions versus DMs. Um, sometimes they get lost. So make sure to give me a a follow and feel free to ask any questions awesome thank you so much tiffany this has been super fun i'm so glad that we got a chance to you know talk to each other and get to know one another and it feels like i almost like met you in person you know but yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast we'll stay in touch yeah thank you so much for joining us yes thank you both so much for having me i i'll talk to you both soon and hopefully one day soon we can all meet in person I agree. I would love to go back to Toronto and visit us in California. (laughs) Yes, I'm hoping to do a California trip, um, hopefully by end of this year. So I'll I'll, uh, message you both. Okay, everyone, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to leave us a review and share it with your friends. And if you're able to, you can also support us by leaving a donation at anchor.fm slash engineering gals. We'll talk to you next Monday.